Welcome to the Inner Huddle, a youth football development podcast for parents, coaches, and managers of young aspiring footballers. Your hosts from Pezza Street Soccer are Pez and Jeff. Hello, and welcome to the Inner Huddle podcast. And I was just about to say, as always, I'm joined by Jeff Bonner in the studio. But we haven't done one for a while, have we, Jeff? No, how long do you think it's been? It's been a long time. I've put a few out as the inner huddle extra time. Um, but together, we haven't uh, we haven't put one out for, for quite some time. Um, due to you starting up Wessex Futsal Club and being very busy. Yep. And myself being busy with, obviously, a few projects. None more important and bigger than the skill tech scheme, which is what we're doing here today to discuss yep now the skill tech scheme we've created over many many years together really haven't we so it only seemed right to uh to bring the main man back into the podcast to um to have a chat we're um we are recording we're not sure we've got the sound technology right today uh, a bit of a dodgy adapter but as always we try our best and we hope that we're better football coaches than we are podcasters and youtubers and whatever else is cool <laughs> podcasters yeah, yeah exactly right so today as already explained this is about the skill tech scheme um some questions here that have come in via social media and a few little notes that we've put together ourselves we're hoping we won't miss too much out jeff because like i say we designed it we came up with it um and i've spent a while putting it together and have been asked numerous questions by people about it so i should be used to this yeah you ready ready the first one is um very basic but rather uh, general uh, what is the skill tech scheme that is very general isn't it um <laughs> it is very general <laughs> well listen to the whole of this podcast and hopefully you'll you'll know it by the end of it but i have a copy of the player pack here so for those of you on the video you can see it um, it's probably two parts, I'd say, to what the skill tech scheme is. One, it's a individual training program, so technical skills or techniques and skills training program to help children fulfil their potential and to know what to practice at home. Um, and second part of the skill tech scheme is if children are hitting certain targets within the scheme then it can open up opportunities for them to join us at um, our Southampton Football Club pre-academy development centre in Salisbury or if they're a little bit older than that so that'd be for school years one two and three if you're in school years four five and six then it would be recommended for trial at the club which would mean a scout myself probably and somebody else um, would come and watch the child in a match that's probably it in a very general nutshell. Yeah. Or even shorter, a series of <laughs> skills and techniques to help every child fulfil their potential. Yeah, well, perhaps you should have answered that first. <laughs> <laughs> before, before I went off on one. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Um, I don't know how much depth to go into with this question, really, because there's others coming could up. Break but... down what are skills and what are techniques and how they... Okay, well, make up your whole program. Let's look at the pack here then. So, still trying to talk into the microphone. Um, we have core skills and ball mastery is one topic. We have turns, twists, and explosive moves is another topic. And skills to beat players is another topic. 
Keepy ups first touch and control is another topic. Passing and receiving is another topic. So what we did was we put together however many topics that was. Was it five or six? Um, the, what we thought were the most important technical and skillful aspects um, of becoming a well-rounded footballer. So it is just the, the technical part, uh, the individ individual part, if you like. And within those, there are a certain amount of skills from... I think there's 20 core skills and then most of the others have 25 individual moves. We are in the process and have almost, and by the time you listen to this, we'll have put it all onto video, um, which we have on a closed members only Facebook group, which at the moment only our Pezzas Academy players and parents have access to. But we're hoping to roll it out to the whole of our soccer school. Um, including people we do one-to-ones with and you know it's um it's our baby and we're we're going to get it out there excellent okay yeah should we talk about the levels yeah and <clears throat> maybe a little bit of how you've come to select and choose the skills or techniques that are in the wow okay so in the program maybe because i know there's some that have come from your coaching work at southampton academy yeah, okay, so what's in there? There are, like we say, five or six topics. I can't remember. Should we count them? So it's core skills, one. Turns to us, two. Skills to beat, three. Keepy ups, four. Um, passing and receiving, five. So there's five topics here. Um, and they're split into six levels. Level one to six, which is basically school years one to six, just to keep it simple. Um, and then within that, so for instance, the core skills, you get 30 seconds timing for each one of them and how many you can do in 30 seconds you find on your chart and that's the level that you're at. Um, there's an academy level. Yeah. So the level that I expect our academy players to be trying to attain in within that year, which also doubles up as our fast track entry scheme for children who aren't involved in PEZAS or at our PEZAS development centre to gain automatic entry into our academy because at the moment our academy is invitation only which is very difficult because it's all down to opinion and who we think is performing well and who's got um, and a great attitude for learning and training but it is only our opinion isn't it yeah can I speak a little bit about why I love this so much yeah go on you crack on it's an I, open it's love, an open question <laughs> so it's an open yeah, floor I love it because it takes opinions out of it so yeah um if you're hitting those levels you will be very technically good at those skills or techniques because you only get these levels if you're good at it yeah so if you improve your technique and make it smoother and more efficient and you train at it and yeah that's the whole point of this is to encourage children to go away and train on their own and become um not masters of a ball but as close to being a master of the ball as you can be um so i love it for that reason um, there's no opinions in this and I love it because it's instant and immediate feedback Yeah, and it's honest feedback so you'll do it for 30 seconds and you'll see if you've improved or not um, you can see how much you've improved and you can see the levels that you're trying to attain and achieve um, so it's measurable so it's measurable, it's got feedback and it takes people's opinions out of the game who sometimes opinions <coughs> might not be the best opinions to be going off anyway so and those opinions are normally judged based on match performance. Yeah, an impact on a match, which yeah. is important. Yeah. But 
if you want to be seriously looking at a long-term player development pathway and thinking right I'm here now I want to go to um, I'm at A now and I want to get to B however this is a great measurable tool that gets you from A to B maybe to C to D yeah and very well put Jeffrey very well put so it's like I say it's measuring potential overperformance really which is something yeah. that is always very difficult which in the scouting network another great point because you could be a very good football player but not get very good scores on this at the moment which means wow what a potential to improve technically yes. because you can and sometimes if you explain this to people they'll think oh you've just decided my child's not very good because you're saying the scores aren't yeah. very high on the he chart. scores 50 goals a season yeah. and, well, that's, see that's, that's a positive because you have all this room yeah. to get technically better so you can get so much better than you already are and you're already doing quite well well that should be exciting shouldn't it yeah and not a negative and the, the flip side of that is you could be very very good at this um, but not hitting you know not doing so well in your matches yet yeah. and there's three other corners to look at as well isn't there there's a social yeah. corner psychological corner and your physical corner I mean this will improve physical fitness to a certain extent anyway yeah. but um, and the psychological as well with the, the um, try to create a open mindset to things if you're doing really well at this technical test but you're not doing so well in impacting on matches you can have a look at your other three corners and maybe have a think how can I improve on those corners but um, so it doesn't look at the whole player this but it can give you an idea about the whole player agreed shall we move on to question two yep I'm sure we could have spoken a little bit more I hope we're picking up the sound from speaking to these microphones um, right how does my child get involved okay well at the moment as already said it's just available for Pezzas players so if you mainly if you attend our academy at the moment but soon it's going to be available to everybody that attends Pezzas could even be possibly eventually even the after school clubs and things like that can maybe get involved um, so at the moment you have to be a Pezzas player but we are looking at ways of rolling out once all the videos are ready as a distance learning package so for a monthly subscription you'll have access to the members only Facebook group with all the videos and you'll get the players um, player pack skill tech player pack to match up with the videos and then you will also be registered on the scheme or your child will be registered on the scheme so that if they're hitting the targets um, they've still got a chance of joining us at Southampton Football Club and I should probably go back to the last question how it all came about there's loads of different reasons I've written loads of them down here but I don't want to read them out like a, a list but um, I am the regional scout for Southampton Football Club registered with the Premier League um, and it was becoming increasingly more difficult to recommend children from my soccer school to join Southampton Football Club or to get trials so that was one thing was how do I come up with a way where everyone's got equal opportunity for what I can offer because as you know Jeffrey at one point in time one two three children may be excelling in the match environment you think oh yeah they're really good we'll get them in and then they might sort of plateau a bit and then there might be other children that excel and it was kind of like well am I getting it right you know a lot of parents were wondering why their child hadn't been picked to go into Southampton yet Tiny Tim had and you know what parents are like they think their child's better than Tiny Tim and it was um, a little bit awkward so there is um, 
a test element to it. Um, but not just football, but a mindset test. So that if your child wants it, the opportunity's there. They know what they've got to do and they've got to go away and practice at home and get to the levels, which is really powerful because they're earning it. It's not just someone's <clears> opinion going, yeah, you're good at football. Yeah. And that's my favourite thing about it. Because yeah. growing up playing football, everyone's always heard someone say, oh, that's the manager's favourite player. That's their favourite. That's their golden player. And they can't. So everyone's opinions are... And everyone has biases towards their favourite type of player, but this is literally... You, there's no hiding, is there? If you go and work really hard at this, it's a level playing field. You can see the scores and the levels you need to get to. If you work really hard, you can get there. Yeah, so they're earning it off their own merit um, and the opportunities are there for all of them, every single player. Right, so that was... Although we went off on a tangent, how does my child get involved? So basically, eventually, everyone will be able to. I mean, with the Southampton Football Club stuff... You'd only really have, if you lived in the Hampshire, Wiltshire area, still within travelling distance of the training ground or the Bath Satellite Centre, I presume. So if you're listening to this in Newcastle, probably uh, not got the opportunity there, but it would still make your child a you know, all-rounded, better technical and skillful footballer. Right, question three. My child no longer attends PESA sessions. Can I still get him involved? Start of that, really. Um, yeah. Yes, you can, because we will be rolling out as a distance learning package. So it'll be a monthly subscription, as I already said, um, where you'll get the same access and benefits. You just won't be attending sessions. And our sessions, we spend half an hour, 45 minutes, even an hour if it's a two-hour session, working on these skill tech topics. And actually, they should go back to the topics they come from our master syllabus and our master syllabus has got a lot more in there than what we've put here, haven't they? Yeah. So you are getting a bit of a bonus if you're coming to PESA sessions because you're getting the whole thing. We've just whittled it down to 20s and 25s. You'll get the each. skill tech scheme, but you'll also get yes, probably extras. hundreds of more skills, techniques. And how to combine them. Yeah. And obviously this will get you very good as a technical, skillful footballer. But unless you're have the freedom to express yourself and, yeah, and in, play against others. In the sessions, you, you get that, don't you? You get the opportunity um, to try these skills out in the right environment, in yeah. a small-sided futsal environment and small-sided football games environment. Yeah. There's no point in learning 25 skills to beat players if then you go back to your club and the manager says, can't try those things here, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, it's a you know, bit of a waste really, isn't it? Especially if they've uh, practised them and... Got very very that, good. That's a key moment in the development process as well, when you've been practicing it unopposed, and then you try it in a game and get some sort of success, or almost do it in the development process. That is so important, isn't it, to actually have the environment to try it and use it. And it's, it's vital. And I'll go on to it now, even though we have got a question a little bit later about it. But to be a good footballer, you can't have one without the other, really. Yeah. Um, Janino said it once. This kind of Training is like learning to swim on dry land. Unless you actually get in the water to try out those techniques and see what works for you, and disregard what doesn't maybe, then it's not pointless, but it's not to become a all-rounded footballer. You need a blank canvas to go and then try these things and feel safe and secure that you're not going to get shouted at for giving the ball away and all of those things that we're always, always talking about. Yeah. 
So basically we show children what's possible. It's very much similar to, I was telling this the other day, so I was reading this book, um, Bruce Lee's philosophy in his training centres um, that, that he set up. You show them the techniques, the children can then take out of it what they want and what works for them, disregard the rest. So it might be out of 25 skills to beat, they pick five that they really love, really work for them. And that becomes their could signature just be move. One, couldn't it? Could one just be one move, but that's one they didn't have before. Exactly. Uh, but then they have to have that blank canvas, that time where they can go and express themselves, try things, and see what does work for them, and experiment and make loads of mistakes. Because you can only get good at something if you make mistakes, because that's how you learn. And that's the problem with a lot of team training is it's a no mistake culture because they want to win a game at a weekend. They want their training sessions to be perfect and actually mistakes are frowned upon. And sessions are set up where you don't make mistakes. Um, and it gets very linear, very predictable. Um, you have to have that element of making mistakes and, and trying things. Excellent. Good? Yep. Okay, right. Um, I don't know how we went off on a tangent looking at what the question was. It's only how do I get them involved. Right. What are the levels? Oh, we've touched on that already. Um, it's levels one to six, but that's um, just school years. Um, and for a, an example here, let's go to skills to beat players. There's 25 of them. A level one player would need three of those, a level two, six, a level three, nine, level four, 15, level five, 20, level six would need to know all 25 to reach that target. Um, should say, how, I think you asked me earlier actually, and I didn't say how it came about, again, going off on a tangent, Jeffrey. But obviously I ran a, a Brazilian soccer school for nine, 10 years. We've both got the Coerva diploma. We've both studied, um, individual football development and techniques for years going back well before that um, Southampton Football Club have got a great syllabus now for, um, ball mastery so what we've tried to do is pick out elements um, from everything that we've been involved with FIFA Street FIFA Street yeah. was a quite a big influence when we were starting wasn't it with um, putting our actual syllabus together yeah we called a lot of them by the FIFA Street names, didn't we? So there's loads of different elements in there. Um, like I say, we've got hundreds of these moves. And then we whittled them down to what we call our core moves. And that's what's in the skill test scheme. I forgot what the actual question was. Oh, the levels. And then there's academy level, which is a sort of an overall level, if you like. So that's the targets I expect you to be hitting if you're in our academy or want to be in our academy. Um, and then you get the pro level which is the targets you need to be hitting um, if you want to join us at Southampton Football Club or have the opportunity to, I should say. Excellent. Good? Yeah. Oh, we're not doing too badly, Jeff. I was getting a bit worried about this one, except for I've got too many bits of paper here. Right. I haven't even had to use my glasses that are on top of my head yet, Jeffrey. <laughs> That'd make you laugh. Right. Where can I access the videos? Okay, the videos are on our closed... Facebook group at the moment um, and they're going oh, I put some on this morning and then so the idea with us is they the core skills ones will always be on there so there's 20 core skills and ball mastery moves and then while we're doing each topic at Pez's sessions we will put the relevant topic up that we're training on at the moment 
Um, so if you're doing it distance learning, you'll get about eight weeks or so for each topic to um, to get to practice those before they come down and then the next topic goes up. The core skill ones are on there because we think they're the most important and plus they're like um, a trigger really because we only really assess, although I hate that word, Jeffrey, assess, test, assess. Measure. Um, measure. Great word. I knew you were here for a reason. We only really measure the core skills to start with. So we'll do eventually all our academy kids will be measured. Thanks, Jeff. Um, and so we can see where they're at and what they need to practice on individually. So we can give parents feedback. Um, and, and then we put those into a nice table, see where they're at within the group, see what level they're at. And then if they hit certain targets for their pro level then we'll measure them for the rest of the scheme which then opens up the opportunities to go on further and that's another great thing about this skill tech scheme is when you do go away and practice you generally only want to practice the things you're already good at this was gonna almost drive you on to practice the things that you might not be so good at which is when that level of potential yeah is more likely to be reached yeah and that you know, the, the keep you up level is the one that's I think is going to be the hardest because some children love doing keep you ups, mm. and some realise they can't do two or three, and and don't bother. But that's more of a mindset training than actual football. I, mean, I think Stuart Pearce openly admitted he couldn't do more than four or five keep you ups and played for England. But well, one, it's not going to hurt, is it, to be technically better? Yeah, it's but gonna it's going to help with your first touch of control. Yeah, it's the it's the mindset of. Um, okay I need to get 15 to get my level I can only do four I'm going to go in the garden and I'm going to practice and practice until I've got it he might have played for England but if he can do <laughs> 400 keep ups they might have won the World Cup and the Euros yeah and he so might have been you never know you know one of the world's best defenders um, rather than I mean, obviously he went on to achieve loads but yeah, um, yeah I don't know where Stuart Pierce came into it but there you go <laughs> <laughs> Right, so what have we got here then? Um, will this make my child a better player? Yes. Technically, definitely. Yeah. Um, and if they do show the right mindset, then it's going to help with their mindset training. And you might find that because it, you focused on this aspect of life, that you're a better trainer or you know a better person elsewhere. So it's not just going to help you be a football player, is it? If mindset's it's an obvious and transferable thing isn't it that if you can overcome an obstacle and a hurdle that you can go and do it elsewhere in life um, so it's gonna, it's gonna definitely going to make you if you practice this a technically better football player um, but there's a good chance if you approach it the right way it's going to help maybe all areas of your life yeah it's um, can't be understated how important that is getting this growth mindset um, We've, we've been doing this so long we've seen it all really but there are definitely some children that have a fixed mindset and they do not want to practice things that they can't already do it, yeah. and it absolutely puts the blinkers on and puts the ceiling on where they can go because they have this fixed mindset especially if they're being told they're a good player mm. so if they're performing well in matches or you know they're scoring goals or dad as it tends to be thinks they're the world's best player and yet you're saying can you do this and they can't do it they think well I can't try that because I'm going to prove I'm not as good as everyone thinks I am it, it can't be understated how important the mindset training is isn't there we, 
We've got a young lad at Southampton with us now, isn't there, that didn't want to do any of the weak foot challenges that we always used to set because oh, I'm rubbish on my, on yeah. my left foot. Um, and now, any time that we give challenges, whether it's you know because he trained at it, worked really hard at it, and has seen the improvements and seen how it's benefited him, when we give challenges to that particular child now, he's excited to try the challenges because I think he knows that it's going to make him... Yeah better at what he wants to be better at so it's in it's such an exciting thing and which i can't believe i haven't already said but it's also got the stuff in there that i worked with with alex oxley chamberlain and adam milana yeah. which was the mainly the core skills and the ball mastery section so all that's in there um and they did all right I'm not, well i'm but, not i'm not you know laying claim to having anything to do with their success but they used it and They've used it in important games for both of them. So they have, yeah. Adam Lallana's first goal for Liverpool, he did an Adriano, Adriano triangle, triangle, passed yeah. it off, received it, scored. So without yeah. having practiced that move... I've got over, some great video footage of me working yeah, with him. Doing over and over with you. Who knows if he'd have done that and scored his first goal at Liverpool? We don't know. We don't know. We Jeff, never we will, we know, never will we? know, will we? And other people <laughs> question that all they <laughs> yeah, want because yeah. we can't prove it. But it's happened. It's there. Oxlade-Chamberlain's it first goal for England... He did the old, what we call the Brazilian Ronaldo move, and roll Pez a fake, yep. and smashed it top bins afterwards to create a little bit of space for him to score his first goal for England. So Okay, I'll claim both of those things, <laughs> why not? Whether or not, <laughs> again, can't be proven, no. but you definitely worked on both of those moves with both of those players when they were at Southampton Football Club, and it's had, those moves have had a major impact on what they've gone to do in their professional careers. And when I was growing up and this type of coaching didn't exist, I didn't see England internationals doing moves like that. True, true. So. Yeah, like you say, that's all down to opinion. Yeah. I think more of um more of an obvious one would be Charlie Webster, who came to us as a five year old and has been working on these moves I don't know when did he sign it, so five, six years with us never went anywhere else, only did this kind of static individual training and then matched it up with having a blank canvas to go and express himself on. Um, and he signed for Chelsea at under 10s. Um, been there ever since. He's now the captain of England under 16s and still going wrong, uh, strong at Chelsea. Um, and you know he's, he's just, just come back from Spain where he played against, oh goodness, Mexico, Japan and Spain I think it was um, and you know well, it's a cliche but he's got the world at his feet um, so he's one I would look to more because he's been through the programme um, and he's right in the thick of it at the moment as a youngster yeah. and you know who knows where it's going to pan out for him by the time you listen to this he could have made a Premier League appearance or anything you never know he's... it'll be the easiest thing to say well, they might have done all these things anyway without of this. Course, type of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, someone said to me, "If you throw enough mud, <laughs> some of it will stick." Well, but there's three okay. examples there, and we can't measure it if you didn't have an impact on on that or not. But there's three examples that show it might very well have had a very, very positive impact on these people, and well, it can't hurt. Yeah, it can't. It can't hurt to be technically better to be skillfully better and to have a, a growth mindset to, to train in. Um, we, we can't clone people and do a test where 
some of them do this skill <laughs> yeah. and some don't and yeah. see where they end up can we but I mean there's for me there's a massive strong correlation between whether or not it is the mindset you know people that approach it the right way and, and get benefits see the benefits and then that helps them grow into the game or whether or not it's just the fact that it's so technically good that they've got higher up the ladder because of their technical ability who knows and let's have it right football's got so much technically better mm-hmm. you know in the past 10 20 years it's the game's completely different you have to be comfortable on the ball now no offense i don't like to bring him back up again but Stuart pierce might really have struggled to be a premier league player yeah I can't see him taking the ball from the keeper and popping it around at the back. And, and the referees probably protect those more skillful players, technically better yes. players, more than they used to as well, didn't they? So yeah, if people like Pierce would put a little reducer on a tricky winger early on. <laughs> a reducer, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and um, you know that could be that with some of them. Mm. But yeah, it's the the game playing out from the back. You know, to get the, the top level, smaller players are, uh, are making more of a career in the Premier League and they have to be technically absolutely brilliant goalkeepers the best ones in the world the ones in the top clubs are very very technically good yeah. you know the, the game has gone that way as much as people try and fight it and in their teams they're still lumping it forward and playing it to the big man and playing second balls at the, the levels that people aspire to get to you have to be technically good and I think the only reason I'm pointing these things out is of a, a fear that someone's going to dismiss it for a child who might get on this scheme and then who knows where they might end up and it's quite easy to dismiss it people we've heard people say all oh, those flicks and tricks and those skills it's the next question coming up actually. oh is it yeah yeah they might look good in here but wait till they get on a real football pitch and just yeah. get kicked up in the air well all right fine don't do it then but it's, it's, yeah be average instead be average in here yeah so you you can fit in to be an average outside you know yeah. it just doesn't make sense Jeff does it but it is what it is and the next question is is it just fancy flicks and tricks which to be fair has been thrown at us since before we were doing the skill yeah. test game yeah it doesn't work and you will just get kicked up in the air and then you won't that's it yeah it doesn't work <laughs> yeah, yeah don't don't bother being good yeah just just be average and and yeah you'll enjoy football much more but you know there's there's many many different types of player and I think actually what they mean by that is they think that this is to produce or help produce tricky wingers and that type of player well Charlie Webster we've just talked about is a number 10 or a central midfielder who actually doesn't mind putting his foot in works hard um, has got a lot more to his game about flicks and tricks it's about being a master of the ball and being able to do what you want with it and not have to think about it so you can get your head up and you can play whatever position you play whatever type of player you are whatever your physique you're going to be a better player if you're more comfortable on the ball and this is going to help you be more comfortable on the ball how much does it cost oh well nitty gritty of it all it's actually I was going to say it's free for our Pez's members but that's controversial because they're paying a subscription anyway but at the moment it's all part of their subscription so has been um <laughs> and adult, my dog's just making his way around the tripod oh there we go he's all right um, bless him he's been very well behaved isn't he jeffrey yeah my dog badgio <laughs> we've got pele sign picture and messi behind us no badgio but we've got the dog badgio anyway so yeah at the moment it's all part of the subscription i've already said 
it's going to be um, rolled out as a, a cheaper um, distance learning package and it might even be we've talked about it putting together some packages Jeff where we can do some one-to-ones to help people do it and have more access to us and we're, we're putting those kind of packages together at the moment so at the moment it's very difficult to um, to put an actual figure on it but it's not going to be expensive ever is it nothing ever is no. with us no. and then if it is a distance learning package I don't know if this question's in there but how much space we need to practice a small garden a small garden I think the core skills can be actually done indoors most yeah. of them um, which is great because you wouldn't necessarily think that you could practice football indoors without it being risky um, to your ornaments and stuff um, you know but I think with just a small size two ball um, a laptop or an iPad or phone with the, the moves on and you can you can crack on you've got to watch to time them you can do pretty much all the core skills I'm going to get in my single garage and practice good at least three times a week at least three times a week good after Christmas yeah 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 me too I'll come and join you how much time will it take is it oh good question yeah I'm asking you Jeff because it's a tricky one um I suppose that really depends on how good you want to get doesn't it if I think if yeah. you if you did the individual ball mastery core skills part of it once a week, twice a week, three times a week, that's only going to help your technique improve. Yeah, um, it is designed to to for children to practice. Yeah, so it's designed to be difficult. But that that you know there are some players who could probably come in and maybe nail it in one. How much does a drummer practice their drums to get to yeah. grade five or whatever they aim for it depends on the individual and and the type of practice they're putting in I guess um, if you've got a sibling that you're racing against or something like that or parents and all these things can add up that you, yeah. mean you, you get to the levels that you're aiming for quicker I'd, I'd expect a child to get certainly to the academy level in a year if they're not there already but if you think about we're putting the videos on as we're doing the topics which is a year process yeah so it would take a year to get access to every single video um to practice so if you're going along and doing it in order with the videos as and when they come on the group yeah then yeah a year but somebody could come in and, and nail the lot yeah. for their age group it wouldn't surprise me and you could give this to Jordan or someone. I know Jordan's one of our coaches, but he'd probably nail the lot, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, but he's a little bit older than year six. Uh, I suppose it depends on the background of the child. And, and yeah. like, cause sometimes we've had children that have come from some sort of martial arts training yeah, background. Yeah. And so they're used to perfecting and mastering individual techniques yeah, on their own. Very disciplined. So they, yeah, they know how to train. Yeah. It might take somebody else that hasn't had a background like that a bit longer to yeah. grasp the techniques and, and some children move naturally better than others and either you're born with fast twitch muscle fibers or you're not so you can improve some of your scores the ones that are done to 30 seconds 
be if you've got slow twitch muscle fibers you have got a ceiling on it which is why we're always keen to point out it's not a competition between the children it's a competition within yourself really isn't it yeah. and a scheme and to fulfill your own technical and skillful potential and if you hit some of these targets and get an opportunity from it it's a bonus yeah. and if you don't well you're a better player than you were it's quite simple isn't it this really is a win-win for everyone isn't it yeah if it's treated with respect I guess I'd have loved this as a child yeah a, a process of training that I know is going to make me better I'd have been absolutely buzzing I'd have been I was out in the garden practicing every single day but we didn't know what to practice did no. we we make it up no seeing yeah. moves that you'd seen someone maybe do on match of the day think oh I'd really like yeah. to do that and you go and nail it and you only get one glimpse of that or two glimpses yeah. they show us uh, action replay don't you and then yeah. that's it gone isn't it? and you've got to try and remember it and recreate it with your mates or... and now it's all there someone's yeah. saying here you go this is what you need to do to get good now here's some videos so you can see how it's done go and practice get better and see if it opens up some opportunities for you great stuff um Oh, this one could be controversial. Is it all static type drills? Well, I probably know where they're going with this one. Um, you have a a big beef about this static drills and stuff, so I'll let you crack on first, Jeffrey. Well, it's not all static drills, is it? It's called the skill tech scheme. So if we break it down, a skill is something that you can use in a match scenario. Purposefully. So, yeah, purposefully in a game situation. So you will be shown how to do it. Um as a technique, the techers part, and then you'll be shown how to do it as a skill um, that will be used in a match situation. Um, so no, it's not all static drills. But even if it was all static drills, and it was just measured, measuring your static drills, that would still help you become more, you'd have more agility, be more agile, you'd have ABCs, more flexibility, yeah. yeah. have more coordination, mm -hmm. you'd have a lower center of gravity. And I know from doing 20 core skills every day for two or three weeks you feel like a better football player you feel mm. more confident you just feel it flow through your body that you feel like you're on the balls of your feet that lower centre of gravity ready to change direction make quicker decisions because your feet are in the right position to make those decisions and your head's up because you know where the ball is because you've been manipulating it around you know 30 minutes a day yeah. or 10 minutes a so day Surprised we haven't touched on that before, but the confidence this gives you that you're actually practicing the right things, yeah. you're moving better, your feet are getting quicker, um, you're manipulating the ball much better when it comes to matches because you spent so long with it, your confidence goes through the roof, um, which makes you you know better in your matches, it impacts on your match play, it's got yeah. everything, that, and I always said, well, Ronaldo did it. Yeah, so it's <laughs> not just static drills, but even if it was don't let other people that don't understand what that can do for somebody yeah. dismiss it because that's my biggest fear again some child somewhere is going to miss out on this because some coach somewhere or some parent or somebody has dismissed it as oh it won't work because it's a static drill and there's it, no decision making that's the no, big thing yeah and it's at the moment very fashionable to set up game scenario based coaching which i think is brilliant amazing and, yeah yeah and it does it is the, the next part of the jigsaw possibly for to take on these static drills or individual skills yeah. if you want to call them skills already before you've used them in the game um, don't let people dismiss it because somebody somewhere that could have been the next Charlie Webster or could have been Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain 
performing a skill in an England international before yeah. scoring his first goal. You could be stopping that happening for somebody who's probably not ready to make that decision for themselves yet. Yeah. All right. So just because their opinion might be that you need some element of decision making in the process to get good at it and standalone doesn't work and you know I get a little bit uppity about this because I just think it's absolute madness it opens up neurological pathways it, it makes you move better a lot of our sort of players have been doing it for a long time use both feet. feet both feet so you're balanced the, the hips move you know when you see players who've been doing nothing but conventional coaching like 16 17 they can't move at the hips they're very stiff like a blank of wood yes and this sort of frees them up yeah. um it can only be a good thing now if you only ever did it like i said janino said learning to swim on dry land yes i get that because you do have to marry it up with actually playing and trying these things you have to yin yang that's what Bruce Lee's philosophy was you can't have one without the other um, and I think to fulfil your potential you need both and it's I don't know it's boxing training for example Jeffrey, off the top of my head no one batters an eyelid at seeing a boxer spend hours on the speed bag or skipping or I don't know the stuff that they do but you know when they have the the rope and they're ducking underneath one side to the other i'm doing a little demo which is no good for a podcast here um they do the heavy bag the i don't know i've said the and speed none bag, of it looks like an actual boxing match no it they're not boxing. Like boxing belt but these are techniques they're practicing to open up those neurological pathways that you talked to about give them those percents and yeah to make them an all-round better boxer even though it's not boxing training you can't tell me that skipping has got anything to do with boxing so if you ask some of these people that hate our tattoo drills, well, why does a boxer skip? They would say, well, yeah, to get them up on the balls of their feet, to make them quicker, to give them movement so they get around the ring a bit better. And it's obvious, and it's the same as football. You, you can help yourself become much better. And Ronaldo did it, and I know he did it, because I was at Charlton Athletic with a player called um, Jose Semedo, who was Ronaldo's best friend, um, still is, one of his only two or three, I think. Um, and I used to quiz him all the time because he was with him at Sporting Lisbon as a kid and he he would say that he would go out and he would practice these core skill type things over and over again challenge himself, keep score put weights on his ankles to make it harder for himself and while all the other lads were playing on PlayStation and whatnot, he was out there with a ball practicing I know it works What was the question? Tennis players practicing a serve you know, they practice those elements of the game over and over and over. It was, is it just static type drills? No, it's not. It's no, it's more. not. Well, the videos and our training in our sessions is actually broken down. You show the technique or the techers as we call it with the kids. So that's showing how you get loads and loads of repetitions in a short space of time. So you're maximizing your time and how to practice on both sides of the body and get good at the actual technique. Then we show them how to turn that technique into a skill. And the simple way we do that is we scan over our shoulder, we perform the technique on the move, on the, the move, um, and then we explode away at the end of it. So that's how we turn the technique into a skill. Then the third part of that to really put it into motion would be to do 1v1s mm -hmm. or 2v2s. So you can try it 
in the next step and then the fourth step would probably be you put them into mini matches 3v3s 4v4s or futsal 5v5s where they're allowed to go and try whatever moves that they want to see what works for them and that's the complete part of turning this scheme and these moves into becoming a very good footballer or futsal player whichever way you know whichever which route you want to go down both hopefully and then just on that a little bit more <laughs> go on the, the other thing that someone might dismiss doing those skills statically you're then, very worried about they... people dismissing aren't you Jeffrey yes because I know it's coming yeah uh, <laughs> I'd like to focus on the people that yeah it's true you know want to do it but yeah go on yeah so let's say you do a flip flap better than anybody else statically and then yeah. you do a flip flap better than anyone else on the move uh, but it's not against somebody yet the the one criticism this will have is well you haven't got the defenders triggers and cues to do that move and when to do it yeah and where and when to do it well I would much rather be amazing at a flip flap before I try and do it against a defender than trying to do it off the cuff against a defender and not know whether or not I can technically pull it off before yeah. I've tried it so I can then pick up on a defender's triggers and cues and their body shape and is it on to do it now and I can work that out next knowing full well that I'm confident and comfortable doing yeah. a flip flap to beat a player or a step over whatever the skill might be so my simple mind and my, my <laughs> way of thinking simple mind it, it is. I'd, I'd rather be good at performing that skill to beat a player than not good at it before I've practiced it and then trying it against someone 1v1 and getting no success well, you'd be nuts to try a flip flap against somebody even a 1v1 or in a match if you weren't proficient at the technique yeah and you know yeah. you hadn't repeated it over and over and over again so it's in your brain the neurological pathways there and now you have to go and perform it but it might happen quite I hate the word naturally because you've practiced it over and over and over again and it might just come to you and you'd rather have more chance of success than not surely yeah so that's my theory and my mindset behind this type of training agreed <laughs> yeah uh, we could go on and on because it's a yeah. big thing with us with, with staff yeah. training I mean I think I've I've said before it's like um, doing dot to dot paintings yeah paint by numbers paint by numbers you can you know give me a paint by number set and I'll, I'll do it and I'll produce quite a nice picture but then give them a blank canvas and you, you can't produce that and a lot of team training is dot to dot or paint by numbers type thing you have to give children a blank canvas to go and express themselves on and try it and make mistakes but it might not look good to start with and this is showing the technique so going back to the, the the painting we'll be showing them what you know what brushes work with what how to mix paint you know how to get shading and all that and you show them the techniques you, you wouldn't give them a dot to dot to do you have to give them that blank canvas then to go and say right now you know how to shade now you know how to use a big brush, a small brush. I don't know, Jeffrey. It's probably not a good example because I don't know what other things there are in paintings. But you get the idea. You have to give them that blank canvas to go and paint. Which is why we love the scenario-based stuff, the player-led stuff, the street soccer, as you know, because we're pairs of street soccer. But the free play element is absolutely vital. And 
children don't go out and play in the street anymore in the parks. It's all very overcoached. And and find your club coaches that will do all of that yeah. and do it really well. Definitely. Don't dismiss that either. But don't let anybody dismiss this Pezza skill tech scheme because it's going to be those little individual edges that's going to really help your child. Cool. This is the last question on the list we've got here. I'm sure there's loads of things we'll look back on and think, oh, I wish we'd said this, wish we said that. But I guess we can always do another version. But, and it's an important one, I think, is it just selling the dream? Um, and I wrote a note here saying, no, it's selling the process. So I'm big on, for every outcome that you want to achieve, there's a process you have to go through to achieve it. And what happens with a lot of things, it's the same with diets, and it's the same with a lot of parents with their children and football. They want to skip the process or take shortcuts of the process to get to the outcome. Um, so for diets, it can be oh, a new six week fad diet. Well, yeah, that's easy. Well, skip the, the, the process of being a healthier all around every day of my life type person and just do this, get, skip to the outcome. With football, it can be oh, they're not quite where I want to be, or they're comparing them to other children. So we'll take them out of their club and we'll go to that club over there because it's had a bit of excess. Oh, this organisation's just set up over there and they've got links with this team and that team. Well, we'll skip the process and we'll go to them because we might get a shortcut to the outcome because Tiny Tim's brilliant and everyone sees it and then it doesn't happen there and before you know it, they're another club and another organisation or soccer school and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's the outcome this is the process you cannot get to the level required if you don't concentrate on the process which is the training so this is selling the process it's selling the training and the outcome is just a bonus so if they hit the targets they might get opportunities if they don't they're still a much better player mm. technically than they would have been beforehand so selling the dream there's you know Obviously, there are opportunities there at the end of it, but it's not what it's about. And it's much more... Uh, what's the word, Jeffrey? It's much more morally correct. Is that the right word? Um, I, I would just see it as a great opportunity for a child to fall in love with the ball. Yeah, and, and become, become a, a better footballer. Yeah. But if you've got organisations saying, come to us, play against better players, get scouted then that is selling the dream. Be in the shop window. Be in the shop window. And all you've got to do is play with better players and against better players and get scouted at the right time or the right scouts come and watch you and you'll get into the clubs that you want to get into. That's selling the dream. That's skipping the process. The process is actually you need to go somewhere where the process is brilliant, the training is really, really good and the rest of it will take care of itself. So selling the dream is those places that say, oh yeah, we're going to go and play against this pro club and that pro club and they're going to see how good your kid is and you're going to go straight in. Well, I'm sure it has happened once or twice where people got in, but we also know loads of players have been released when they've got in off the back of a good game because, again, they don't concentrate on the training and the process. The training's always the most important thing in football. Always. Your training sessions are the most important. Um, you know, most people go, parents drop their kids off for training, don't stay and watch, don't take any notice of it. 
it's irrelevant. It's just part of what you have to do if you're in a team. But that's the most important thing. It's much more important than the matches. Again, could be debated. <laughs> and I'm sure we have on other podcasts, haven't we, Jeff? Yeah. yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, my friend? I'm sure we've um, pretty much said what the skill tech scheme is. No, I'm just looking forward to the launch and seeing players that are on it. We've already had two players pass through. Yeah. Um, two players from our academy who they were already put forward as possibilities to join us at Southampton Football Club. Yeah. But again, it was all down to opinion and, you know, we weren't sure. And, you know, how do you measure that and how do you make sure you've made the right choice? So it was a great timing for them because then we came up with a skill tech scheme and we said, well, you two be the first. So they knew exactly what they had to practice and what they had to achieve. Um, and they went out and they did it. And they're, they're the first two. So now they've gone from being Pez's Academy players to passing the required targets on the skill tech scheme. And they went straight in and now they're with us at Southampton Football Club. And now the other exciting part is their peers can see that. Yes. And they can try and match it, better it. And then the same opportunities come their way and it no longer becomes about opinions. Well, yeah, and I'm sure there'll be people who think that this might be a shortcut and they go, oh, they've got in. Right, well, uh, we'll get involved in that and, and we'll get there. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they have to put in the work. Yeah. You know, and it is designed to be pretty difficult. Otherwise, they'd all do it and we might as well just give it to them all in the first place. So it's up to them. It's up to them. Equal opportunity, mate. Over to you then. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy that we've covered most of the stuff that's in there. Obviously, I've got pages and pages of notes here, but we can always come back and do a, a skill tech scheme podcast part two. And um, we're almost at what 54, 55 minutes anyway. So time flies when I'm chatting to you, Jeffrey. Yeah. So just quickly then, Jeffrey, which might be irrelevant if you're listening to this years and years down the line. So how's Wessex Futsal Club going and how would people listening to this get involved with your club and what ages is it? Um, so it, it's under 12s to under 16s, uh, Wessex Youth Futsal Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could just get in contact on Twitter or Facebook because our two social media outlets that we've got. Um, it's going really well, thanks Pez. We've Good. got around 31, 32 regular players training every single week for two hours a week and we've got a match program built in around it so we've been going three months now and every age group's had an opportunity to play at least three matches um, it's always the hard thing isn't it as i've found out in the past is getting matches at futsal yeah and then they come with their own problems don't they play matches because opinions come into things and stuff yeah and decisions you make but mm-hmm. um and it's probably coming away from the individual side of it a little bit because we are playing matches um, but I've enjoyed the process of coaching four matches as well as doing individual skills that we still do um, on a weekly basis um, got... yeah well that, that age now where you can get that balance can't you between because yeah. it's two very different types of training one's individual development and one's training a team to win a game yeah at any age but as they get older, it gets more important to shift and get the balance right between the pair. Yeah, and it, but it is exciting age groups to work with. So with the under-12s, we do 
focus more on the individual ball stuff. But as we get towards the under 16s, it is literally looking at the finite tactics of playing 4 0 and 3 1 and looking at three in a line, trying to create opportunities down one side of the court. And we've got set piece routines, corner routines that all the age groups know, and they're all the same. And mm-hmm. um, we're just coming up with some free kick routines, which the under 12s came up with themselves, which is they were brilliant. They, but how much better is that training when you've got children who are comfortable? Yeah on the ball it all makes it you know yes building the foundations of a house again isn't it if you don't build in the house falls down and you can see that as they get older it's so difficult to keep teams together when they're under 16s under 17s because half of them haven't done the right training and you know can't control the ball yeah and on a futsal court you can't hide on the wing and not get past the ball for 80 minutes to that you're involved in the game all the time even when you're coming on and off, when you're on, you're on for five minutes. You, well, the team training becomes very enjoyable, doesn't it? If you're yeah. working with players who are all comfortable on the ball, yeah, which it, we've it's got, it's very exciting then. Yeah, um, and then it's down to you as a, a coach to get your tactics right, get your team training right, because the kids have done all their bit. And They're technically very, very good. Over to you now, boss. Yeah, and I'm so very grateful you. that they have come. Nearly all of them have come through Pezza Street Soccer, um, and are all comfortable on the ball and. You know. I even remember in the Premier League at Charlton with Andy Reid coming in from training sometimes going that the gaffer um, who was Alan Pardew at the times had to change training because he's planned a session and a lot of the players in there are letting the session down because I can't do the basics wow and we've <laughs> with any and that's in the Premier League yeah. but you know we've said it before with anything in life you get the basics right first and I always say as much as I like all the things that we do, you know, getting the basics right of getting hold of the ball, giving the ball to someone else, moving into space, the people that can do those things the best, you know, will go on to be the best players and play in the best teams. But you're more likely to do the basics well if you can control the ball better than anybody else, which there's a process to go through of getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of even touches of the ball to get comfortable on the ball to be able to play at one and two touch it kind of you overload it at a young age get thousands of touches of the ball you get really comfortable with it so you can play one and two touch and you're older yeah and in these teenage years we'll be competing in the national competition and seeing how far we can go in that and yeah it's exciting we've got um We've had two international futsal players come and visit and join in with the sessions, and both said how good the kids are. And the you know the plan originally for the futsal club was to produce players that would go on and play in the national super league that um, the first team were playing in. Yeah. At the moment, we haven't got that, but one day we're planning on coming back to yeah, the big time. And hopefully, these internationals that we've got, I mean, they'll over the course of this season there'll be, I think, at least five that are going to come and visit Wessex Futsal Club. Um, and you know the 16-year-old lads that are just turning 16. You know, this season, if we were still had our first team going, they would all be mixed in with training with them and possibly playing with mm-hmm. them in the first team in the what is now the National Futsal Series, um, which has just been launched this September and looks like it's going really well. So I think futsal in this country is in quite a good place, and uh, Wessex Futsal Club's yeah. in quite a good place. And was... We're growing for the future and. Um, it's it's an exciting place. I was speaking to Andy Reid, talking to him again, just two or three days ago, um, and he basically 
rang me up to ask me what futsal is because his lads are Nottingham Forest now yeah um, obviously where Andy spent most of his career and, and, and did his best football and his, his boy I think what is he 8-9 now he's at um, Forest and he said once or twice a week they play futsal you know they just didn't have it in my day he said and you know and the kids absolutely love it he said yeah. it's like Reedy I've been telling you this for <laughs> how many years and he wanted to know um, a bit about the training and how it was in Ireland obviously cause he's, he's from the Republic um, and you know he actually wants to get involved with it so times are definitely a, a changing I mean, there'll be people listening to this who think the skill tech scheme is just to help people be better at futsal and it's a different sport and all of that um, and I think that's changing now where people realise that if you're good at futsal you're going to be very very technically good at football and that's what you need and of course so many players play in the Premier League now that did play futsal yeah, well, I think it was less than two weeks ago now. What's the date today? 10th of December yeah. 2019. Less than two weeks ago, Max Kilman made his Premier League debut for Wolves. And we've talked about him in another podcast. Yeah. Just two seasons ago, he was playing against Little Salisbury United in the National Futsal. Pitting his wits against you, Jeffrey. Super League, yeah. Um, playing for Helvetia. And before that, he played for Genesis, two massive London-based yeah. futsal clubs. Um and at the time when he started playing for Genesis, I don't think I think he dropped out of football altogether. Okay. Then he started playing some non-league football, and then you know less than two years now later, he's in the Premier League in, in the a Premier very good League. side as well. Having already played futsal for England, you know, got quite a lot of caps, scored mm-hmm. goals for England. Um, who knows? I think he did really well in his debut. I haven't seen any of the highlights. And that's someone from this country who's yeah. who's done it that way, which is massive. And as we've said before about the individual training and things it's for every type of player but Max Kilman is a six foot seven centre back ball winner right? <laughs> yeah. so foot sales helped him be more comfortable on the ball Yeah. Um, I don't know how much individual based training he might have done um, as we're on the skills tech scheme yeah. podcast but it's going to ma- he's had a lot of ball contact time yeah, in foot yeah, sales he's had, he's had much more touches of the ball playing foot sales than he would have done playing football so in a similar type of way is help somebody on their pathway to Premier League football yeah. from this country there's loads Messi, oh, Ronaldo Ronaldinho yeah. David Pele, Silva yeah all of these players that have come through in other countries but it's great to see I don't know an English centre back doing it as well yeah, yeah. saying actually it's kind of running out of excuses now the people that have been dismissing it for years have kind of keep dismissing it see how, yeah. see how much longer it's you can keep dismissing it actually for. looking a bit idiotic to say yeah. it's a different sport and it's fancy flicks and tricks and all of this and I would always say go and watch a game you know I don't know how we've got onto futsal really but anyway um, oh yeah because I asked you how it was going at futsal but yeah I would say to anyone go and watch a game um, and I don't think there is anything else out there which is going to help children reach their potential more than futsal so there we go big plug for you Jeff Thanks, boss. Absolute pleasure. Shake my hand. Thanks, mate. It's been nice. We'll do it again soon, yeah? We will do. Okay. That was the Inner Huddle Skill Tech Scheme special. If you've got any questions, um, would like some further information, then the Facebook group, Pezza Street Soccer and Skill Tech Scheme, would probably be the perfect place to uh, to get hold of us and uh, we'll give you some more info. Thanks for listening.